Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Here's Pastor Ryan. But it's Thanksgiving, right? Let's pray and get into... Father, we thank you this morning for your goodness towards our life. Oh, Lord, for all that you have done, Lord, we're going to spend eternity giving thanks, for you're worthy of it. And this morning, Lord, we want to give you thanks for our salvation, that our names are written in your book. We want to thank you for this church family you've given us, the little lambs, this new church building with classrooms for the kids, place where we can meet and fellowship. We're just so grateful, Lord. And we also thank you for our country, Lord, even though it's uh, being (laughs) attacked from within in so many ways. Yet, Lord, your grace has shined upon it, and we pray for it. Lord, that there would be a revival of your word and of your morals. And so this morning, be with us, Lord. Holy Spirit, speak to us. I can do nothing without your strength. So help me, Lord. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Amen. All right. Here's my Thanksgiving message. Are you ready? In 1620, the best commentators, the best, the, those Puritan guys can, can really teach back then. In 1620, English families known as pilgrims seeking religious freedom in the New World sailed on the Mayflower ship for 10 grueling weeks across the Atlantic and landed on the shores of Massachusetts in November of that year. On November 21st, 1620, the pilgrims signed the Mayflower Compact and began their Plymouth colony. On the, out of the 102 pilgrims, only 47 survived uh, till spring. It's freezing up there, by the way. <laughs> At one point, only half a dozen were healthy enough to care for the rest. In the spring of 1621, the Indian Squanto came among them and showed them where to catch fish, plant corn, trap beaver, and was their interpreter with the other Indian tribes. Governor William Bradford wrote, the settlers began to plant their corn, in which service Squanto stood them uh, in good stead, showing them how to plant it and cultivate it. He also told them that unless they got fish to manure this exhausted old ground soil, it would come to nothing. In the middle of April, plenty of fish would come up the brook, and he taught them how to catch it. Squanto had been kidnapped 15 years earlier and taken to Spain, and then to England, and then he was able to escape back to America. During his captivity, he learned English, and through a Spanish friar, he learned about the Lord. While he was in captivity, his whole tribe had died from a plague. And so the providence of God was on Squanto. Pilgrim Edward Winslow recorded in Mort's relation, the first Thanksgiving, uh, that fall in 1621, he said, Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on fowling, 
that so we might after a special manner rejoice together after we had gathered the fruit of our labors. They four in one day killed as much fowl as, as much fowl as with a leap, uh, with a little help beside served the company almost a week. At which time amongst other recreations, we exercised our arms. Many of the Indians coming amongst us and among the rest, their greatest king, uh, Massasoit, with some 90 men, whom for three days we entertained and feasted. And they went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor and upon the captain and others. And although it be not always so plentiful as it was at this time with us, Yet by goodness of God, we are so far from want that we often wish you partakers of our plenty. Governor Bradford added, and beside waterfowl, there was a great store of wild turkeys from a man called Staters, (laughs) (laughs) of which they took many beside venison, etc. Besides, they had about a, a peck a meal a week to a person, or now since harvest Indian corn to that proportion. Squanto was with the pilgrims for over 20 years. He was as he was a godsend to them. Uh, Bradford wrote about Squanto's death saying, here Squanto fell ill of Indian fever, bleeding much at the nose, which the Indians take for a symptom of death. And within a few days he died. He begged the governor to pray for him that he might go to the Englishman's God in heaven and bequeathed several of his things to some of his English friends as remembrance. His death was a great loss. As half the pilgrims died that first winter, there was the real possibility that they would not have survived another had it not been for Squanto. Governor Bradford acknowledged Squanto was a special instrument sent of God for their good beyond their expectation. In America, historically, during the colonial era, individual colonies would declare days of prayer when times were bad, days of fasting uh, when times were real bad, days of thanksgiving when things turned around. America's founders believed in an interactive relationship with God. That's heavy. Isn't that beautiful? They believed in an interaction um, relationship with God. So how the people honored God, so went the country. That's how they believed, that they were really connected to the Lord in that uh, fashion. Uh, They believed if people sinned, he would call them to repent. If they did not repent, he would let judgment come. And when they repented, he would send deliverance. After the Declaration of Independence uh, was proclaimed July 4th, 1776, The first national day of Thanksgiving was declared by the Continental Congress on November 1st, uh, uh, 1777 to celebrate victory over British, uh, the British General uh, Burgon at the Battle of Saratoga. They said the grateful feeling of their hearts join the penitent confession of their manifold sins that it may please God through the merits of Jesus Christ mercifully to forgive and blot out of remembrance and under the providence of Almighty God, secure for these United States the greatest of all human blessings, independence, and peace. Abraham Lincoln 
proclaimed the first annual Thanksgiving. This is why we celebrate it every year. Uh, it was uh, October third, eighteen sixty-three. He said, "In the midst of the civil, or in the midst of the civil war of unquelled magnitude and severity, I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States." and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our uh, benef- beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience. Oh my gosh. We need that kind of president, don't we? Commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the uh, lamentable uh, civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently implore the interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to fulfill the enjoyment of peace, harmony, uh, and union. In testimony whereof I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed done at the city of Washington this third day of October in the year of our Lord, 1863, and of the independence of the United States, the 88th, by the President Abraham uh, Lincoln. Pretty cool, huh? For all of our country's faults, I'm blessed that our country has righted so many of those faults. Amen? Amen. God calls us to forgive. We have a great country. That's why everyone's trying to (laughs) try to get here in in any way, any means necessary. It's it's such a a, a wonderful place in comparison to the rest of the world. God calls us to be a thankful people. And, And I believe that this Thanksgiving is probably the most Serious Thanksgiving of all the Thanksgivings in my life. I'm 46 years old. I've been born since 1975. Since then. Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) But things are so serious in the world. And so it makes this Thanksgiving more special, more serious, more somber, more for us to really consider God when so many people have turned their backs on God in our country. We need to be those that praise the Lord, give him thanks. Uh, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 107, verse 8, uh, or verse 1 through 6, he said, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south, They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of all of their distresses. We give thanks because he saved us. He saved us. 
In that same psalm, verse 8 and 9, it said, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. So we have a lot to be grateful for. And then we're reminded by our Lord, because we're Christians, to love him with all of our heart, but then to love our neighbor as ourselves. And that's what Thanksgiving is also about, giving God thanks, but also sharing with with our loved ones, with our friends, with those uh, less uh, who are lesser off than us financially, to remember the poor. That's the call of the Christian as well. So um, consider that this this Thanksgiving. Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, he said, When you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich, nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Is anybody convicted by that verse? We, 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 you know, we, we tend to invite those that we are accustomed to, those that, that we hang out with regularly. But it's a reminder not to click up, to say, Lord, I'm here, but I'm open to invite someone who may need an invitation to a dinner. That's what Thanksgiving's about as well, to share in the things that God has blessed us with. Amen? Amen. All right, turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of Acts. Chapter 27, give me an amen once you are there. They say that the Mayflower, uh, on that journey for the pilgrims, that it was smooth sailing about half the way, and then the, the last month prior to uh, landing in Massachusetts, that they got hit with so many storms that they they, they put the sails down and just let the ship kind of bob around and see where the ocean would take them. So they had hardships on on that ship getting here. And in our story, Paul the Apostle is, is up for a ride himself in, 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 a, in a famous shipwreck that's in Scripture. Uh, concerning Paul the Apostle, we know that at this point in his life, he had already been in three shipwrecks. So uh, Paul was the kind of guy that when you saw him at a, at a docking port, you would say, uh, I'll take the boat that he's not on. <laughs> but it, Paul is on his way to Rome, and he's going to stand trial before Caesar. Not for anything wrong that he did. The Jews in Jerusalem had um, falsely accused him. But he's in chains for Jesus Christ. This is God's providence to get the gospel to the capital of the known ro- world, which was in Rome. It's where Paul had had never been to before, but uh, he's going there now, and he's going there in chains because uh, the gospel needs to get up there. And so I'm calling this the shipwreck that caused life, the shipwreck that caused life. Kind of sounds like your story, right? And mine, the shipwreck that caused life. Paul is in, he's... He has sailed from Caesarea up towards Asia Minor uh, on an 
Alexandrian ship with 276 persons. He is under the custody of the Roman centurion Julius. We know that the writer of the book of Acts, uh, Luke, the beloved physician, is with him, uh, you know, taking notes and, and, and writing this stuff down. And um, they made their way to the island of Crete, uh, barely making it there because it's, it's winter time and the time for, for ships to sail on the Mediterranean is just about over. It's almost November. It's like this time of, of year and no one sails uh, at that time. And so Paul has warned them not to sail on, but to stay in Crete at the Port of Fair Havens. But the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken of by Paul. And because the harbor that they wanted to sail to was more suitable for for winter, and the majority said, yeah, let's go there. It'll be more comfortable at the port of Phoenix there in Crete. They decided to to sail off uh, anyway and, and go west on the south part of Crete to uh, the west side of the island, where from there they can springboard uh, northwest towards Italy. And so we see here, as we talked about two weeks ago, that rather than listening to the messenger of God that they had amongst them, Julius decided to go with the experts, with the professionals. Time and again, God's messengers have been ignored throughout history. You ever notice that about our Bibles? We read the story of God's people and God's love. There's, there has always been a prophet. There has always been a man of God that God has sent to people to kind of warn them and to wake them up. And, and so oftentimes they say no thanks to the extent where our Lord, when he entered into Jerusalem on his, uh, you know, great, his triumphal entry, wept over Jerusalem, you know, you're the one that, that kills the prophets that were sent to you. And that is really uh, uh, the position of the world today. I think as believers, we have gotten used to rejection, or if you haven't, you should as a Christian, right? Be used, used to rejection. People will reject our message because they reject Jesus Christ. And so, uh, being used to rejection is something that every Christian should get used to. But that doesn't mean that we stop sharing the truth because someone, it'll be exactly what they need. It'll be exactly what they're willing to heed. So we keep sharing with people and the gospel is amazing because it'll hook the most unique people. It'll hook the most unlikely people. And so though Paul is saying we ought not to sail on, guys, I, I believe that it's going to end terrible terribly for us, for our lives and for the ship, they decided to go with the professionals. We need to be careful of that in the times that we're living in where uh, so many believers are are caught up with the professionals of this world rather than uh, those that are called by God to help warn the church of what's really going on out there. Amen? That's a controversial statement, but it's true. It's true. This world is under the sway of the devil, the Bible teaches us. The, the whole world, if they are not born again, Bible-believing Jesus followers, then they're under the sway of the enemy. They're being influenced. They're being manipulated. They're being deceived. And it doesn't matter 
who they are or how much of an expert they are in their fields. It can be lab coats. It can be scientists. It can be doctors. It can be politicians. It can be lawyers. It can be movie stars. It can be athletes. It can be judges. It can be anyone. If they're not being led by scripture, be careful. Be careful to just buy anything because we have to give credence to the word of God. And if the church will not respect its, its, ordained ministers who are legit ministers. There's a lot of fake ones out there, right? But there's some that are legit. But if the, if the church will not respect them and their word, who will? It's like if the church won't give thanks to Jesus Christ, then who will? The Lord says that elders are to be worthy of double honor. So it's, it's interesting they went their own way. I was reading in my, in my personal devotions in 2 Chronicles chapter 24, 19. It's talking about, you know, the northern uh, kingdom of Israel being messed up. And, uh, and, and it says here that yet he, God, sent prophets to them to bring them back to the Lord. And they testified against them, but they would not listen. They would not listen. They would not listen. So that's, what's, that's what happens often. God knows how we feel because they did not listen to him either. Amen? We're in good company. And so verse uh, chapter 27, verse 13. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, a tempestuous headwind arose called Euroclidon, so when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her ride. And so when they first took off, there was a nice south wind that was blowing, nice little breeze, softly. And they supposed that they had obtained their desire, their desired, uh, you know, wind for them to go around the, the island really easily. These men did not listen to the messenger of God. They had Paul there for a reason. And it's interesting how when they did their own thing, it seemed to work out. There was a nice little breeze, and they were able to sail close to the island. But then after a while, a storm came out of nowhere. Euroclidon, just a northeast surge of water coming up because it's wintertime. But it's interesting that for the, for the start of it, Everything seemed right on, right? They had their desired uh, wind and, and, and in, within themselves, I'm sure they thought, awesome, we made the right decision. And this Paul over here, this man of God, that they had some, no doubt Julius had some form of respect for Paul, but not enough to keep him there at Paul's word. So they went off and it looked like everything was peachy peach which is the case I have noticed with disobedience. Oftentimes there's temporary success in disobedience, right? You start off not listening to God, not listening to his word, not listening to his direction, not listening to counsel, and things seem, oh, right, the winds are blowing in my direction. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'm right. I've seen it way too many times, way too many times. 
Paul must have been wrong, maybe they thought. Look at the weather, it's good. (laughs) A.W. Tozer, in whom we're studying at our men's breakfasts, in the book called uh, A Voice of a Prophet, wonderful book, we discussed this very situation, this not listening to God, not listening to God's counsel, doing your own thing, and thinking everything's peachy peach. God did what Elijah asked him because Elijah had done what God had asked. I'm going to repeat that. God did what... Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.